Hey ladies, happy new year and welcome to episode five of the Urban Christian Woman. Today we're gonna be talking about the way women work, honoring God with our time and task in the everyday. It's a new year with new goals and expectations along with the same work and responsibilities. For the urban woman, it's a juggling act with all that each of our lives demands. And let's just be honest out the gate, balls drop in the daily juggle. So the question then becomes, how do women work? What's the best way to honor God with our time and our tasks in the everyday? Join Leah and I as we chat about the way women work. So whether you're in the midst of working out, doing laundry, hanging with your kiddos, or sipping a cup of joe while you type that email, keep listening because God's word has the truth for your everyday life. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Urban Christian Woman Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. Before we kick off this episode, we want to let you guys know how you can find us and follow us online. So you can check us out on social media on Instagram, Facebook at The Urban Christian Woman, and you can check out our website, theurbanchristianwoman.com. So when you get a chance, we would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever your podcast platform Leave a review that will help other women find the podcast and be encouraged as you have been. So yeah, here we go. Toshiba and I are here. I'm Uh Leah Ross. Yes. And I'm Toshiba Oliver and Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. We're back from a little holiday break. Some restful time with family. That's right. right? That's right. It was very restful. Kind of... um, (laughs) Putting into practice some of the words that we shared last time about engaging with family in a mm-hmm. peaceful way. I found myself reflecting on that a lot. So mm-hmm. that was good for me. That was mm-hmm. good. Um, but yeah, so here we are. We're ready to dig in. Um, today we are talking about uh, the way women work. Mm-hmm. How we're honoring God with our <clears throat> time and tasks in the everyday. Yeah, yeah. And we want to just sort of put a you know, precursor out there because we know that there are a lot of cultural arguments around this context of complementarianism, egalitarianism, whether women women should be in their home, whether they should be in the marketplace. But here's where we're going to land today is that no matter where you fall in the cultural arguments that we can all agree on one thing, which is we all have work to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that what we said, Leah? Yeah. So, I'm a person who like loves to serve. I serve my family, I serve my friends, I serve my neighbors, my gospel community. But what I found as a person who is free-spirited that when I work, I experience um that I tend to overextend myself mm-hmm. and I don't operate in the confinements and the boundaries probably that God wanted wants me to operate in. What I found is that um, I have to be very cautious about how I um, live out and how I intentionally use my time. And so um, I have to really let God's word shape my work and I have to find my work being shaped by his truth and um, becoming, uh, becoming, 
being a woman who goes into a space where I see the Lord reorienting me constantly mm -hmm. towards his work mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. So Leah, what do you, yeah. what's your context yeah. for work? Cause I sort of want to give like, mm -hmm. what's the context for yeah. yours? Yeah. So I have found myself working quote unquote in different capacities throughout my adult life mm -hmm. um, and drawn to different callings in various seasons. I mean, there were times where I thought I'm supposed to be X, Y, and Z, or I'm supposed to do this, that, and the other. Um, and those seasons have changed. And um, sometimes when I'm in a season, I'm led to think that like, this is it. This is the calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. But what I've grown to realize is that it's not as much about um, what I'm doing, but how I'm doing it. Um, realizing mm -hmm. that the appearance of the work could change um, but for me it's about who God has created me to be um, and who I am so that has begun to transform how I view like working in my lane mm -hmm. when I'm actually in my lane it's yeah. not as limited as far as like what I'm actually doing but God is beginning to teach me that it's it's who I am who he created me to be and as I live and sort of walk in that, then whatever I'm doing, I can be satisfied. Um, mm -hmm. And there have been times in my own work past or, you know, history or whatever, where I've been so focused on what I'm doing. And ironically, those are the places where I've been the least satisfied. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the journey that I've been on and even continually what the Lord is teaching me through just the, the concept of work. Yeah, I think we all can really relate to that because I think about when I was in my my early twenties in college, right? I was a, I'm a, I, I had my son at fifteen and a half, but so because of that, like my collegiate experience was also shaped by working, yeah. you know, yeah. um, um, out of necessity. But I think about how like my dreams and desires as a 20 somethings and when I was in college was really wrapped around how much money can I make mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of what my calling is mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like I know I'm going on a little bit of a tangent but I think that like mm -hmm. as we continue to grow in who we are in Christ just like what you're saying in our yeah. identity then it begins to become not about how much money can I make, mm -hmm. but it's like, no, what are, what are my gifts? Mm -hmm. What, what am I called to do in yeah. this season yeah. um, for his glory? So let's talk about like what God's word says around yeah. gospel centered women and how we view work, what the purpose of work is, what the context of work is, what the focus of our work um, should be and our response to it. So let's talk about that a little bit. Looking at um, Genesis 1, um, Genesis 1 really helps shape and define the purpose of work. We see um, in Genesis 1 in verses 4, in verses 10, in verse 12, in verse 18, in verse 21, in verse 25, that God created work by working in the act of creation mm -hmm. and he shares a part of um, his character and his nature with us by us being workers. And so he gives work as a gift to mankind. Mm -hmm. And so God is the foundation for all work. 
And when we, um, if, if we haven't resolved that space, well, our foundation yeah. is yeah. sinking sand, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. sinking sand. Understanding that God from the beginning worked. And so in giving us work, he's giving us a part of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And also to know that like his work is good. Like every passage, um, every verse that we just named, it also says at the end of every caveat of what he created, what he made, mm-hmm. what he spoke into existence, it says, and it was good. And it was good. Yeah. And so the work that God does is good. And so when he gives us the gift of work, mm-hmm. his intention is that it too would be good. Would be good. Yeah. Would be good. Mm-hmm. Would be good. So we see that in in the context. I mean, in the in the context of God's purpose mm-hmm. in in Him doing work mm-hmm. and us receiving the gift of work. But then we see what happens in Genesis three. And what happens in Genesis three, Leah? Yeah. So the context then for our work is um, goes beyond. God just giving it to us. That's the beginning. The mm-hmm. context then in Genesis 3 is that the curse comes into man's work. Mm-hmm. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, the work now that we have as mankind will be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells us it will be a, a sweaty toil. So now, whereas work is still given to us, it has shifted from, it's still good, but it's not going to feel good <laughs> because of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, God has the part of the curse that's given to us is just that it will be, that it will be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that the work for Adam, even as he says that from the, from the garden will be a sweaty toil. For mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then let's move forward then to Genesis eight and nine, mm-hmm. because here is another context for work. Right. So we have this, the, um, we have God creating work. We have God creating work. We have then the effect of sin on work Mm -hmm. that it will now be hard for us. Mm -hmm. And then let's go towards Genesis eight and nine and Noah then is given a work to do. Right. And how does he respond to that? Right, right, right. So Noah's response is very different from, um, I think Adam's response, mm-hmm. right? Like instead of allowing deception to step in and not take full responsibility and be obedient to what God told him to do, we see Noah in juxtaposition to that who had a heart for God and had a desire to obey God. And so when we look at Genesis 8 and 9, we see that God tells Noah over and over again um, in the in both of those chapters multiple times to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. And so God's intention for work does not change. Mm-hmm. It is this. It's a different wording, but it's the same context. Mm-hmm. In Genesis three, he tells man that he is to. He put him in the garden of Eden, and he told him to work it and to keep it. And so, it's the same context mm-hmm. in Genesis eight and nine post um post the fall Mm -hmm. is that god calls noah and his family to be fruitful to be to multiply and to fill the earth and that will be work Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so the 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 blessing that we see though in the juxtaposition is that noah actually is obedient Mm -hmm. 
And not only is Noah obedient, but Noah's descendants are following the one command, the one thing that God Mm -hmm. has asked them to do, which is to work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Genesis, Genesis 11 goes on, which I feel like this is sort of like the cool part of reading Genesis and everybody should like, just read Genesis, 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 like just do Genesis and then do revelation. And you may be, Oh, well, Genesis, Romans and revelation, probably. But, but in the midst of that, um, you know, this is why Genesis is such a necessity because you hear the narrative being replayed over and over again. And so after Genesis 11, which, um, which, well, Genesis eight and nine, which talks about Noah and his descendants being obedient to God's commands. Then we move forward hundreds and hundreds of years. And in Genesis 11, we see um, that the children of man in Genesis 11, the first six verses, I believe it's verses one through six, mm-hmm. that the children of man began to um, work, but they work for themselves. Okay. It says multiple times in number, I mean, in Genesis 11, it says, come, let us build, come, let us make, come, let us build, lest we, lest we be dispersed. And so we see this narrative one, which I found very interesting. I was just reviewing some notes back over this. The same language of let us make, let us build is the same context by which we see God in Genesis um, one creating man. And so they put themselves in the role and identity space mm-hmm. that they were God. They fall back into the same deception that Adam and Eve placed themselves into, which is you shall be like God. Mm -hmm. And they, they bite the apple once again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they bite the apple once again and God sees it. And out of his love for us, he says, no, they are out of step with my intentions. It is time for me to break this party up. <laughs> and even in Genesis 11, God is consistent with that language. Like you were talking about, as they're building the Tower of Babel, they mm-hmm. say, come, let us build ourselves a city. Yes. And a tower. Yes. Which top us to the heavens. Yes. And God's response then is, come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. That's it. So it's, it is, I mean, God is consistent in, like you said. That's it. His, his heart and his attitude towards the work and towards the creation. And even when the people of the the children of man, as they say, mm-hmm. who were exalting themselves against God by building this tower of Babel, they're used. They're trying to, like you said, mimic that language. Yes, but God is consistent with His original language because He doesn't change. Because He doesn't change. So, he does not yeah, change. Yeah, I like that. That it's juxtaposed there, um, for all of us to see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we see this juxtaposition with the children of man yeah. and their work and vision of a self-centered plan mm-hmm. versus God's version and uh, origins and definition and intentions mm-hmm. for work. Yeah. God's work was designed so that we would be fruitful. Yes. Fruitful for who? For him. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? To multiply. Multiply what? Multiply his good works. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then to fill the earth with it. Mm -hmm. That was, that's his heart. That's his heart. And that's a part of his intentions for us. And it indeed is a gift. And I think that we can, we can definitely take that away. And I would even pose a question Mm -hmm. to our listeners as well as to us. I've been thinking about that is, you know, if I'm not seeing the work that I do as a gift, Mm -hmm. where am I out of step? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah, I think I think we throw around often the phrase like all oh, this work is a curse and it's we have to realign our hearts with God's word and knowing that the work itself is not a curse. And the curse is that the work is difficult. The work the curse is that the work is it's difficult, difficult. It's, hard, it's hard. It's it's painful. It's painful and it, it can, can feel long. like suffering. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But the work itself is not is not the curse. Right. So we really just want to lay that foundation. And I love getting to walk through, walk it back through the Mm. purpose of the work, the context of the work. And then even as we were talking about with the Tower of Babel and how they missed the focus of the work being on exalting God. Mm. So let's jump in. We're also going to jump over um, to Psalm 127 and just continue to echo how we talk about the focus of our work. Yes. And so I'll read uh, the first couple verses of Psalm 127, which says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And so remembering then that the focus of work has to be on God fueling that work, mm-hmm. right? So it is in vain that we rise up early and, and go to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil. When we're doing, when we're trying to do this work on our own, mm-hmm. then the word says that it's in vain. Yeah, we can be we can be striving in vain. Yeah. Now, when we put the Lord at the center of the work, when we put His purpose and His calling then at the center, then that's where, as Tashiba said, we actually fulfill. The call of work, which is to be fruitful and multiply in it. Yeah, in Psalm 127, like it it does it gives another juxtaposition of what the Lord can accomplish mm-hmm. and then what we can accomplish. Yeah. And you know, we live in a culture in a society that promotes like self self-glorification. Mm-hmm. And self-sufficiency. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It promotes that. And God is saying, no, no, no. If I build it, yeah, it will accomplish the very thing that it is set out to do. Mm-hmm. But if you build it in your self-sufficiency. It's vain. It's vain. It's in vain. That will probably be something that our listeners will hear a lot. I was <laughs> talking about this war against self-sufficiency. Yes. Because I think we have touched on that before in previous podcasts, and I believe that we'll touch on it again in the future. Yeah. And just really driving that home of, like, we cannot depend on our own just depth or our own sufficiency mm-hmm. in anything. Yeah. And ultimately, those places where we do lead us to sin. It leads us to fall short. And yet God has provided more than enough for us to, when we rely on him, when we rely on his strength and his provision, 
to really drive these things home for us. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, why would it be vain? I mean, like, it, why would it be vain? Well, it would be vain because we're really relying on ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing of reliance on self versus reliance on God. And reliance on God is actually rooted in his very character. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's like created us to be dependent on him. And that's a good thing. Yes. What he has for us is goodness. Yes. 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 So looking back at Psalm 127, it it shapes the focus of our work that it should be on mm-hmm. on the Lord doing the work within us. Mm-hmm. And so if the Lord is doing the work within us, that means that his spirit is breathing within us and he desires for us to do the work. Mm-hmm. What does that what what is the the hope of that for a new covenant believer? Yeah. Like what is what is the hope of that? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, we do see that jump right into the new covenant because unless the Lord builds the house, means that the Lord is in charge of the actual fruit of the work, mm-hmm. right? So then, when we go into um, looking at it from the new covenant, and we go to Matthew six, yeah, where Jesus says, "I tell you, do not be anxious about your life." what you will eat or drink or any of those things. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is um, very similar to what we see in, in Psalm 127, where it says we eat the bread of anxious toil when we're doing it on our own. Jesus then calls us to say, don't be anxious yeah. about your life. Don't mm-hmm. be anxious about your work, what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. He points to the work of the birds and he points to the work of the flowers where he says none of them by being anxious add a single hour to the span of their life. Yep. He, ta- he, he talks about how God is actually taking care of all of these things that he has created. Right. And then in verse 31, don't be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Then in 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mm. So we're talking about then God fueling the work. And not mm-hmm. only God fueling the work, but the work is actually providing for us. Mm-hmm. And so God is fueling the provision for us. Mm. He's fueling that, and when we're trusting him, And when the focus, again, on work is on him, and this is what he calls us to in this, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the focus of work in the new covenant that Jesus calls us to is focus on the kingdom of God. Focus on seeking his righteousness. Focus on, and and that's what Christ has given us the freedom to do. Mm -hmm. Because when we're talking about work, we're talking about, again, the whole, the big picture. I love, I love the Old Testament and the New Testament fitting together. Yes. They fit so well together. It is so wonderful. Yeah. But as we look at this model of God doing the work of creation mm. from the beginning, mm. we flash forward and see how parallel it is to Christ doing the work um, as he completed it on the cross. That's right. And so he tells us then that ultimately... God fuels the work 
And as we seek God first and his righteousness, then we know that the fuel is there. Yeah. And he leads us into those things. Yeah. What am I, what am I missing? What do you see? Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're right on target. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, that God doesn't need our work, Mm -hmm. but he gives us work out of his love for us to draw us back to himself. And so this whole context of Matthew six and 33, I'm like looking at it as you're talking and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The preface to this actual passage is also all all about his kingdom being yeah. done on earth yeah. as it is in heaven and he's giving he's Jesus is giving this clarion call to those who want to take up their cross and follow him he's saying listen check yourselves don't store up treasures where rust and moth may destroy yeah. okay and then you come back down and he knows what our bent is mm-hmm. because In the Old Testament, he saw what their bent was, Mm -hmm. which was to be Mm self-sufficient, which was to store up treasures for themselves. Mm -hmm. And he gives this this clarion call to us, number one, to not only uh, to not lay up treasure for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but also know that we will feel that anxiousness because we're in a fallen body. Mm Yeah. And he he's like, listen, this is a gift from you. Don't let the enemy, this the 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 deception of the enemy, like what it says in Genesis three, going back to that. I know I'm going back and forth, but they're intertwined. It says that he was he, the the serpent was more crafty, and then because of the fall, when they began to go down the whole recounting and blaming people. Eve says, well, it's, it's, it's the snake who deceived me. The enemy is a deceiver. And so we can easily deceive ourselves thinking, man, I really do want to have, I want to strive for this higher level of success. I do want to fill in the blank. I do have to. And because of that, our work becomes so anxious because it's rooted in our accomplishment, our sufficiency, our, our, our. And God is saying, listen, don't do it. All it will bring is vanity. But in that, he gives us the gift to say, man, I'm really just using work to bring you back to me so that you know who I am. And that you call upon me and, and, and I will answer you. And I will show you yourself. I will show you, not just yourself, but show you my power that lies within you because my very spirit is living in you. Yes. And that's the power that we have as we work in the context of the new covenant is that his spirit is at work in us. Mm. And so we're not trying to muster up this focus on our own. I mean, we know... Um, but the Lord calls in mind that, that, uh, him that says prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. My mm-hmm. heart is prone to wander mm-hmm. from the focus that God has given us and has called us to, but by his spirit, we are drawn back to that focus. That's right. And we're drawn back to the, the, even just the character of God and his work, that he's actually the author of our work. Mm-hmm. He is not only the creator of work, but he's the author of our work. So he gives us, like Toshiba said, he gives us the work to do yeah. because he loves us. And the work, ultimately, when it's focused on him, will draw us back to himself. 
And that in and, in and of itself, that experience of communion and fellowship with God through fulfilling the work that he's called us to is a delight. It's a delight for ourselves. Yeah. And not only is it a delight, but then it says, okay, Lord, well, what is it that you've called me to? Mm -hmm. And this is where spiritual gifts mm -hmm. become, uh, I think, imperative. Yeah. Because some of us are forcing ourselves to be in spaces and it is not a part of our gifts. Mm -mm. You know, Leah and I were talking about this the other day because one of my main gifts is teaching. And, you know, I you couldn't have told me like, okay, it, it's just a gift. It Teaching is a gift. So when I graduated from college, my degree is in education, right? I start teaching English, but then the Lord morphs my gift into um, transitioning me and teaching in a nonprofit arena. And then he transitions it into teaching in the local church where I came on staff. And then he transitioned it into my home where I'm teaching and discipling and shepherding my kids. And then he transitions it another time to me using my teaching gifts in my neighborhood by launching a, a, a Bible study. And, and, and then he transitions the teaching gift to now the urban Christian woman. And so if you know your gifts, mm -hmm and you know the giver of the gift, mm -hmm. well, then he will direct where you're supposed to use your gift. And you don't have to go, you don't have to strive. Mm -hmm. There is no striving in it. You begin to see, oh, God is orchestrating every, every detail because not only does he want me to thrive in him, mm -hmm. but he wants me to use this gift to draw others to himself and bring glory to his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The work is working out of our calling and what he's called us to do mm -hmm. so yeah so then we are not stressed when the when what it looks like changes i mean i know for myself there were times where um you know even in in marriage being called to marriage it's like okay well then that means i'm not going to be able to do x y and z thing mm -hmm. is that wrong then mm -hmm. is this not for me yeah you know and debating because i had so pigeonholed God's work for my life to be Come on. in this venue, in this space, Come in on. this job, with yep. this title. Yep. And really what he's actually said is, no, I have equipped you in this way. <laughs> in this way. And whatever venue you find yourself in, as long as you're walking out hospitality, as long as you're walking out encouragement, Come on. you are in your work. You're in your work. You're in your work. So, Girl, yes. come on now. Come on. So let me just say this phrase one more time mm -hmm. that God does not need our work ladies, but he gives us work out of his love for us to draw us back mm -hmm. to himself. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. Whatever you do in word or deed, do us unto me. Mm -hmm. So, and we do really want to encourage the listeners to take an inventory of what your spiritual gifts are. What are the gifts that God has given you? And just really encouraging to you to know your gifts. Yeah. So that there isn't this stress and striving when you have to change lanes in life. That yeah. will inevitably come. Yes. But the comfort comes when we know what our gifts are so that wherever we find ourselves. That's right. We can continue to walk in it. That's right. So do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> do that it'll bless you it will bless you it will bless you it will bless you so leo um talking about this 
if we if we know our spiritual gifts and we know where God is calling us to be what do you, how do you think I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this properly but here's what I think my question is I know my gifts mm-hmm. I know what the Lord has called me to do but my work is still hard mm-hmm. And I am not finding joy. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, you know, as a millennial mm-hmm. or <laughs> or any generation for that matter, like, yeah. I just want to check out. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that woman yeah. who wants to just be, like, my boss gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be further than where I am. Mm-hmm. I want to check out. Yeah. What would you say to me? Yeah, I think you said it already that we are working unto the Lord and not for ourselves. And so I think the when we circle back then to what we've been talking about, about the focus of work, um, just really letting our hearts be instructed by the focus of work being complementing God's work. Mm. instead of feeling like we're striving on our own. Mm. So I think when we're when we actually do take that focus and I keep saying this word because I think it, it really drives it home mm-hmm. that the focus would be on God's kingdom and his righteousness mm-hmm. actually coming into the spaces where we are. Mm-hmm. And um, that all the things that are around that, whether it's a difficult boss, a uh, stubborn child, that's right, whatever it is, <laughs> Like, that is not the end all. That's right. The end all is I have my eyes fixed on the prize. I'm running the race that God has set before me Mm -hmm. and not anybody else. Mm -hmm. My race that he set before me. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeking God's kingdom. And what is God's kingdom? How do we define that? You know, we use, we throw around that word often in Christianity. Define it for us. Define it. What is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is defined by wherever God. And his way (laughs) is king. So who is God? He is a God of love. He's a God of justice. He's a God of peace. So where love and justice and peace reign, that's his kingdom. So when we're bringing God's kingdom and we're seeking first his kingdom, we're seeking places where love is unconditional. That's right. We're seeking places where peace is on the throne. Come on, Micah 6.8. Come on, Micah 6.8. Where justice is shown faithfully, where faithfulness is laid out. Come on. So those are the spaces and places where if we're focusing on those things, then we know that our focus is on God's work. Mm -hmm. And we we can be fulfilled in that. Yes. I think there's fulfillment in that. Amen. Amen. So let me just pray for us then. Lord, we thank you that you worked and you gave us the gift of work. We thank you that you are the purpose for our work. You are the context. You are the shaping for which we do our work. And God, you are our focus. Forgive us for when we get our eyes off of ourselves, when we set our eyes on ourselves and our own sufficiency and our own um, fulfillment and do not live with with the heart and the mind of living out the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. God, would you help us to be urban women who choose to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with you. 
Would you uh, give us the strength that we need to pursue you in your presence and and get at your feet through your word and through prayer and through worship, God, and ask you to turn um, our feeble hearts, use the work of our hands and multiply it. May we have hearts like um, uh, Noah to be obedient to you, to be fruitful, to multiply and, and, and to fill the earth. Would you, God, build the house? Would you watch over our work, God? And God, would you help us to not be women who labor in vain, but are women who labor intentionally so that it points back to you and your glory and your good work so that others may see who you are, the author, the creator of all things. And so God, we thank you and we praise you and we give your name glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.